Well, hey there, Mama, and welcome to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 104. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. If you feel like you are constantly telling your kids to do things and also constantly cleaning up after them, like we spoke about in Tuesday's episode, I am very excited for you to hear my conversation with Rachel Norman from A Mother Far From Home. Today, we're talking about three habits to teach your kids that are going to empower them and make your life easier and also about how we can stop the martyr mindset so many of us moms have. And at the end, Rachel actually coaches me through my resistance about a habit I'm trying to implement with my kids still, (laughs) which is making sure they floss their teeth. And I love the coaching she provides, and it's extremely helpful. And you can, of course, apply it to whatever you are encountering resistance with with your kids. Rachel is an author, She's a language of listening parent coach. She's a certified sleep consultant and a mother of five. And she helps moms have peaceful homes through good routines, equipping kids with life skills and learning to live within your limits. And so without further ado, why don't you grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Rachel Norman. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I am super excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we were just talking a little bit about, um, we're going to talk a little bit about your life and what you do, but the sleep consultant side of it, I have benefited so much from being able to sleep. (laughs) So thank you talking about overwhelm and motherhood, like Mm -hmm. lack of sleep is a huge thing. And we're also going to talk today about habits that we can teach our kids to make our own lives easier. Never met anyone that wanted to make their lives more complex. So we're all about about simplifying here. Mm -hmm. So I would love it if you could take a moment to just tell us a little bit about you and your family, how you serve moms and families. And then if you ever have any free time, what you Mm -hmm. like to do for yourself. Sure. Well, it's, it's funny. I, somebody, I actually feel like I have tons of free time. I, even though I'm a mom of five and I had, I live in Florida with my husband, he's Australian. We met at a kind of a prayer ministry school in England back in the day. And so we lived kind of all over and we had five kids in five years. So we, we thought we would have four and we were like, so my biggest gap is 18. My biggest gap is 18 months. And so from, and early type of age. And I am kind of a go-getter, overachiever. I I don't know. There's some things mixed in there. (laughs) 
But I was saying, I don't know, from the early days, I realized, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta be a little bit organized here, you know? So that's kind of, or, and I, I realized that, that one of the first places, a low hanging fruit, we like to call it is, you know, is just having good routines. And yeah. because once things flow better, yeah, I'm not saying it's, it solves major deep issues, but it, it makes you able to just cope well. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I serve mothers and moms and kids is, you know, just helping family life run more smoothly, not wanting to like run away from home all the time, <laughs> just feeling like you not feeling disappointed with being a mom. Like, oh, I didn't think it was going to go this way. Or we can't mention before kind of helping moms stop being a martyr or figure out what mm-hmm. that actually means, you know, because it, it seems such an extreme word. Nobody thinks that's what it is. But when we go on that journey of not doing that, there's just so much more peace to be had. And so that's kind of my mission for moms, I guess. And in my free time, I actually do feel like I have a lot of free time. And I think that's because I have good routine. I don't know. Well, also my kids are all in school now, so Mm -hmm. that helps. Um, But, you know, I like to, I'm a Florida girl, so I like to do all things, water, beach, boat, pool, books. You know, I go to bed early, so. Okay, (laughs) me too. (laughs) I'm pretty boring, I feel like, but, you know, (laughs) not in a bad way, in a good way. (laughs) Exactly. I always say, especially when I go to the doctor and I guess get my checkup, I'm like, I'm boring in the best way. You know, (laughs) I go to bed early, kind of eat, you know, similar things. Like, I don't mind routine. A lot of people, they get turned off by the term routine. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you get that a lot. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you can call it rhythm. You can call it, but yeah, I always give it say, a new name. That's what it give is. It a new name. Get turned off by things anytime, anything, any. Usually, this happens a lot with a lot of hot button mom issues, and I can just give it a new name, and then they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> whatever. Call it whatever you want." <laughs> and someone said once, and I love it, that if your life is chaotic but it happens every day, that's a routine because 100%. it's happening every day. Oh so yeah, routines can be what you decide they are, or they can just be what the what happens or what the kids just decide on the day. I mean, you have one no matter what. It's either yeah. just working for you or it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And well, five kids in five years, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's just maybe one or two examples in your motherhood of when you felt overwhelmed. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, if you have any of that come to mind, maybe it was sort of the catalyst for you to really start focusing on these routines that you've been able to share with other moms and what you've learned, but just mm-hmm. a time when you felt completely overwhelmed and you're like, something needs to change because this is not working. It's chaotic. This is not serving me or my family. Can you bring us back to a time like that in your motherhood? Yeah, I would, uh, there was a time when I had, so it was, it was quite a few years ago now, but it was when I had all five of the kids and the young, my youngest was probably one and a half or two. And I realized I had the, all the routines I needed to have in place. I had them in place. Everybody who needed to sleep, you know, they needed to sleep and they were sleeping, but it was like everything that was happening felt so triggering to me in the sense that it made me very stressed or it made me very nervous or I got, or my heart would beat very fast. So it was almost like, I I remember this time where I felt like my body was just constantly like worried or stressed. And that's actually when I started my language of listening training, which is just parent coaching kind of framework, but it helped me unravel so much of the things that were going on in my head that were just making me triggered all the time. So once I started to kind of deal with those in a domino way, um, and I know that's not a specific direct answer, but I guess that's that's where I started digging in. Why do I feel so stressed right now? What is causing me to be so bothered by this? What am I fearing that is derailing my whole day? So it was almost like the mental work, I think, 
had the, it felt the least tangible, but then it just had the biggest cascading effect, you know, but what I tell moms, if they're highly, highly overwhelmed is uh, if a mom comes to me from doing coaching, uh, we, I, I like to say, what is the one thing that if it changed, it would affect many things. And that's where we might start, you know, so sleep might be one of those, but it could be yeah. any number of things. What's the one thing. And you know what it is like, you know what it is, you know, if you just stop for a second and think you'll know what it is. And that's where I would always say to start just whatever comes to mind. It's like, okay, Lord, that's where we're going to start. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go there first. Yeah. And I love that. It is totally like the domino effect. And it's interesting because when things are not going well and we're in that reactive mode, then it's like the domino effect of reaction and you mm -hmm. know craziness and stress. But when you actually are able to set up your routines in a way, like you said, you do some of that introspective work. We talk here about decluttering your home, head and heart. And most yeah. people start with the physical, but mm -hmm. sometimes you need to start with the head and the heart and yeah. say, okay, ask yourself these questions. Because then you can have a positive domino effect, which is that you start that beginning part of the routine and then everything kind of, you know, falls into place. And so that's Absolutely. really, really helpful. And figuring out what that one thing is. I've heard also kind of like the magic wand, you know, like mm. if you had a magic wand and mm -hmm. then, you know, what would it fix? Like, what would be the thing? And usually we're able to come up with that answer pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it seems like too simple. You know, like, could it be as, and that happened to me with sleep. Could mm -hmm. it be as simple as the reason that I'm feeling this underlying anxiety all the time is that I was for years getting up super early before my kids working out and I was doing intermittent fasting and I wasn't eating until like noon every day. Well, when I started, Emily, I know, I know I'm not a new, no, 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 me <laughs> yeah. too. I'm just saying yeah. me too. Same thing. Yeah. Then I started sleeping and eating and having some supplements to help me in certain stress areas. And I feel like a completely different person. So a day yeah. like today, which you and I talked before we uh, pressed record, where everything was not going right. Mm -hmm. I had to go to like three gas um, pumps to find one that worked. It was one of those days, you know, Yeah. but I was able to at least get back to that regulated state because yeah. I have these things um, supporting me. So, well, I know, I actually know exactly what you're talking about because I did something similar with fasting or, and I actually have a, a whole, like a post where I talk to moms and it's about like the 5 a.m. wake up and some moms love it. And of course you have to know what season you're in, but actually some moms, it's like, you, you can't, I wrote a book called if mama ain't happy on why minding um, healthy boundaries is good for your whole family, but you it's for example sleep you can't just decide you know i'm going to sleep 7 hours and i'm going to get up at 5am and i'm going to work out and i'm going to read my bible and i'm going to do this and i'm going to put food in the crock pot and i'm going to be great well you could decide that and you could do whatever you want but that doesn't mean that it's your body's not going to not like it like your body yeah. might actually be like whatever i need eight and a half and so it's like that you either work with yourself or you don't and so it's interesting that you say it like that. And I did something similar. I was doing intermittent fasting because I felt like I was having digestive issues mm -hmm. and it kind of helped those. But over time I realized I was basically starving myself yet not losing weight. I don't really, you know, cause it was like, Oh, by the time I didn't eat any breakfast and then I got to lunch and then I was like, well, I could just have a couple, like I wasn't even hungry. And then it was like, mm -hmm. you know, anyway, I say that to say now looking back, I look and I'm like, I probably was barely eating a thousand calories a day. Mm -hmm. Did I get super skinny? No. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Exactly. Not that that was my goal, but you see yes. what I'm saying? It was like, I was, I was going against. Yeah. And, and, and then once you, once I thought about it, I actually just need to do this or with sleep. Well, I think I just need to sleep till six 30 mm -hmm. and then 
you know, miraculously, I'm just not as anxious. (laughs) We know what it is. I think we do. Yeah. And so that is great as far as like figuring out routines for ourselves and how we can show up as the best mom we can be. And I want to um, chat with you just about kind of our mindset. And you were talking about like, we have to define what being a martyr in motherhood is. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask the question, but the beginning of it is going to be maybe for you to define what that means. Um, I think that a lot of the mama listeners and the mamas that join my Facebook group, I ask them like, what is the biggest challenge for you right now Mm -hmm. in your motherhood? And if it isn't like time, which is usually number one, followed by energy or motivation, it's I'm always cleaning up after the kids. No one ever helps me. Mm -hmm. I have an unsupportive, you know, husband or partner, Mm -hmm. like I'm doing this all by myself Mm -hmm. and I do this and I do this and I do Mm -hmm. this. And so I know that you um, have probably heard that several times, but if very you could common. define it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get into it sometimes. And then mm-hmm. you have that kind of resentment yeah. of your kids. Resentment. resentment is a, is a, is a amazing thing because it is such a red flag. Yes. If you ever feel resentful, you should jump up and down. Cause it's just like, yes. Okay. I'm on to something. Yeah. Something must change here. Cause yeah. it's the worst. The worst thing you could do is Make yourself feel bad for feeling resentful and try not to. Well, okay. To your question, Mm -hmm. I would consider, of course, there's a lot of ways to define it. A martyr mom is someone who is just over and over again, making herself the loser to try to make everybody else the winner. But that's not how it works because when a mom is just ignored, living outside of her boundaries, it's actually worse for everyone. So it's like being servant hearted. The difference between being servant-hearted and being a martyr is someone who's servant-hearted, you know, is just out of the 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 river of life they have flowing in them. They love and serve and nurture. You're, you know, it and being a martyr is when you keep doing things that you don't want to do, that you know you shouldn't do, that other people could do for themselves, but then you won't and you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you miserable and you could stop but you don't. That's what it means to kind of, that's how I would kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, call it basically. Like you could just not do that anymore. But then they're like, no, well, I can't not do that. And it's like, yeah, oh yeah. Nobody, this is what I like to say to moms. Nobody makes you, nobody can make you do anything. So either you choose to do it or you don't. Do you see what I mean? But like nobody's making you. (laughs) And that's a scary thought because you think, well, But then after a while, when you sit with it, after you kind of are, you know, you're a little offended, you're a little mad, and then you sit with it for a while and you're like, huh, yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. maybe so. So what could I do? What would I do? What, you know, that type of thing. I would say that's, I'm just laughing because I have that conversation with my (laughs) five-year-old. Yes, yes. I go, he's like, mommy, you made me blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "I, I did not make you, you know? And so, but we have to remind ourselves of that. And I I also like to say too, is it that you have to do it or you do it because you think you do it best? Because I feel like that, and we're going to get into being able to teach our kids these habits and like be able to empower them. But sometimes we don't want to do that because they're not going to do it in the way that we want it done. They're not going to load the dishwasher the way that we want. They're not going to clean um, you know, the kitchen table off the way that we want. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, what's the goal here? That's true. Like, and is- even so you mm-hmm. can, 
you can train them up to a standard. So even that's not really true. Yes, they might not naturally do it the way you do. But if it's if it's a matter of it being done differently, but uh, but okay, Mm -hmm. then you probably could live with that. But if you know, actually, you can train the kids up to doing it to a a proper standard, then maybe you feel like, okay, well, that yeah, yeah, it might be. It's it's maybe double the work for a little while, but then it's no work. (laughs) Yeah. So you can either do it all forever or you can spend double the work for a little bit of time and then be done. I mean, you know, it's up to you. (laughs) Yeah. I read, I forget. I think it was called, um, gosh, it's by the fly lady. Now I can't remember the name of the book, but Mm -hmm. it was housework done imperfectly still blesses my family. And I remember that all the time because not only housework that I do imperfectly, but also housework that's done by my entire family, it's still blessing. It's still more than if we didn't do it at all. Absolutely. And I'm not a perfectionist. So for me, I'm not, I don't, they probably would like things up to, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, my house is tidy and it's clean more, but I'm not, I'm not one to nitpick what they do. So I think for me, that probably is partly why I'm able to lead a charge forward in a different way, because I'm like, trust me, it's okay. Like, don't get down in the detail, just get them to do it, you know, just get it going, get the train rolling, you know, you can perfect it as it goes, you know? Yes. And in that vein, I would love to kind of jump into some of these habits And, um, I'm just going to give a little preview to everyone, um, as far as, you know, snack mealtime, cleanup, toy cleanup and rest time. Mm. And if you can maybe talk a little bit about like, okay, we've decided that these are three areas where we want our kids to be more involved and to Mm -hmm. be able to have them helping on a daily or at least regular basis. Like where do we start approaching it with them? And how did you do that? in those three areas. And you can start with whatever you like, but um, I think that those are really key, especially I feel like the, well, all of them, but for the rest time, because Mm -hmm. sometimes people will say, well, my kids, you know, they don't do rest time. Like that doesn't exist in our house and kind of the kids will do anything. Yes, exactly. So that's what I always say to that. You are not doing rest time, which is why they're not, but I don't mean that in an accusatory way. I mean Mm -hmm. that in a, in a, like an, you know, encourage is like to give courage. So it's like, you are the one that thinks they won't do it, but they will. Like, Mm -hmm. and I often tell moms, anytime people are like, oh, kids don't just sleep on a routine. Or I'm like, I just want you to call a local daycare and go over there at 1245 and ask to observe for 30 minutes. And then you'll see like 25 kids lay down and nobody's crying and they're snuggling and they take a nap. And then I want you to come back and tell me that. And then we're going to (laughs) go. Yeah. It's never going to come back because it's not true. Right. So what it really means is either the mom. Do, okay. So on to we're talking about rest time mm-hmm. and we always have rest time. And even in fact, now that my kids are elementary age in the summer or over break, we'll have a rest time when they're not sleeping. Actually, they will sleep if they're tired, if we've been out, but where they just play alone in their room and this precedent that you set, that is not punishment. It is not a negative. Nobody is banished anywhere. It is a, you get to play without having to share. You get to spend time focusing on building like kids, like there's a boundary in the sense that the minute you think you might be done, it's not over yet. So you keep going or, you know, if it's nap, then kids can nap. Often kids uh, will give up a nap when they would have kept napping if they would have been given the opportunity for rest time, you know, I'm thinking of two, three-year-olds, some of mine literally napped until kindergarten, not all of them, but some of them just did Some have, you know, slept more. Yeah. So I would say in that with the rest time or even with the, well, I'll do the cleanup one next, Mm -hmm. but anytime you think something might be good, but you don't do it or don't want to do it, 
I just encourage moms to write down why you're resistant, why I'm resistant to rest time because my kids won't want to, because they'll cry because it'll be a power battle because, and you know, and this might be the same list that has many different, it, it might be the same thing in your next point, having kids clean up. This might be the same list, but if you could write all of this down and look at it on a paper, you won't say, oh yeah, I just shouldn't do rest time. What you'll say is clearly I'm worried about upsetting the kids and I, I don't, I guess I don't make them do things they don't want to do. And then part of your brain will go, that's not really a great way to go about. Whoa, whoa. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. You're opening yourself up to a place of possibility. So that's why I say, why are you resistant? Because it's usually, or I'll often hear from moms. Okay. You're not a, your kid. It's not that your kids can't handle the boundaries. You can't handle them resisting. Mm. Right. The mm. kids can have rest time. Of course they can. Like this, like this is some big, huge punishment to go in some like room that you spent thousands of dollars on to make it perfectly and cozy and beautiful with all these like amazing toys and like perfectly, you know, age appropriate books. Oh yeah. It's real hard life. Major suffering. I mean, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? But and then you can laugh because you think, oh, wow, I think that that's crazy. But with the picking up and we, I mean, from a young age, like it's never too late. It'll be a little, it'll be more resistant to the, the older they are for a little bit and then it'll still be fine. But the earlier you start, the more they're just always used to it. I can never encourage you enough to just start as you mean to go on in some ways because then they're just never have not done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we've just always picked up. So what I like to, what I, when my husband and I went on a mission trip when we got engaged in South Africa, one thing they told us is they were like, look, don't look at the schedule. Like we've made a schedule. But the way we keep time is we finish what we're doing and then we go to the next thing. Mm. And then after we did that thing, we go to the next thing. So if we're not done with this, we don't, you know. And so often that's kind of how I like to look at it with little ones. Now, I do like to have a general time idea that just worked for me, you know, but it's the sense of putting, especially with picking up or picking up toys or tidying put it in front of something they want to do. Certainly never give them any screen time or if you even have, we didn't, we don't even have, I mean, we have a TV, but we don't even have screens, but if you do never give them that before they've done any tidying, like that's just, okay. You know, don't even do a snack. I mean, this is how you get things done. It's like, we're not punishing. This is mm -hmm. not. And it all depends on how you frame it. Because if you frame it, like, I know this is horrible. Just get grin and bear it before we have a snack. <laughs> then you're actually, what you're actually modeling is that all these normal menial things that, that guess what? Women and men are going to do mm -hmm. forever are horrible. This is not what you want to model. Right. It's like, okay, before we, you know, watch a movie or before we have a snack, we're going to tidy up the playroom. When it's done, we can do the other, right? And then there's less resistance. There's a built-in carrot, you know, and over time as they get older, there's just less resistance because they're just used to it. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the benefit of routine is when you're used to something, you just don't resist it as much. It just, yeah. you know, and so if you're in a situation where your kids are resisting everything you do, this is a separate, this is a lot of other issues going on as well, you know, um, but just getting the ball rolling. Was the snack time another one of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the snack meal time. And then I'm going to um, have you for a couple of minutes help me work through one habit of resistance. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> that I, I have. But yeah, yeah, tell, yeah, tell us the next uh, snack, the snack meal snack. time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we did. And I'm not saying this is right. You know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. But because I had so many, I just can't do everybody doing random different things at different times. Like that's just not going to work for me. You know what I mean? And because I have so many, if I didn't have some kind of 
I don't, well, I guess rules. I, was, I don't feel like I have that many rules in general, but our snack times have always just been 1030 and 330. I just made them up. You know, we eat a breakfast, then you don't eat again till snack. It's at 1030. If you miss it, we eat lunch. I mean, okay. So this has helped me if they won't eat, I got, if they won't eat something, then it's like, I don't make them. I mean, I have too many kids. Like I'm not like bringing a plate back out if they didn't eat it. I need like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. to track all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we have two two options at our meals. You, t- yes. you take it or you leave it because <laughs> shortly after there's something else. Right. And then in that case, it's just, that's just my boundary. So if they come at like nine 45 and they want to eat, it's just like, no, you know, we're going to wait till 10 30. Not every mom cares. That's not a boundary for every mom. But for me, it is because I would, especially because we don't have screens, they're not zoning out. They're just running around playing. If left to their own devices, they would eat anything all the time. Yes. You know, and that's just not okay with me. And I would find it all over the house. It ain't going to work for me. You know, now some moms would be like, you could eat vegetables or fruit anytime, but Mm -hmm. you know, again, and that's fine too. So it actually matters. Get down to what, what it is you care about. So for me, I want to make sure they're having options to have healthy stuff, but I am not going to micromanage them eating all the time, but I'm not going to release a free kitchen because food is expensive. Certainly right now. Hello people. Mm -hmm. I could spend $70 on, you know, snacks and fruit and they could eat it all in like one sitting while they Mm -hmm. play catopoly. Like it's not (laughs) happening, you know? So I would say when you always, what's your resistant to what's happening? Yes. What do you think is good? Imagine they just did what you wanted. What would you want? Actually, yeah. they will do what you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's like, just pretend it's a crazy situation. What do you want? And then whatever that thing is, is probably super reasonable. Then you just need that encouragement to get there, you know? Yeah, that's really helpful. And I have done that like when my kids were playing with toys a bunch we would have cleanup before they could watch a show while I made dinner. Exactly. You know? And this so the they knew, chance, yeah, they knew motivated. the reward. And when it comes to things, so my husband, I have seven year old, five year old, the number of times he has cut their nails in seven years is zero. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the nail clipper in the house. And so we do it sometimes while we're listening, if like they're listening to a podcast or they're mm-hmm. like, you know, and so we're pairing something mm-hmm. that is not always fun for them. Mm -hmm. with something enjoyable. Um, But the thing I would like you to talk me through is um, flossing. So I have done it when they were little that I would have them lay down and I would floss their teeth. Mm -hmm. And then I got like the little flosser things Mm -hmm. and they don't really like them. And so, I mean, they brush their teeth, they do all the other bedtime things, they have a routine. And for me, I'm having a really hard time inserting this thing that I have resistance to because They don't like it. It's hard. It hurts their teeth, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so I want to be able to floss my kids' teeth every night or have them start. So talk me through that as sort of a little um, trial here for a routine I want to adopt for my kids. Okay. (laughs) So you're wanting to add flossing in because you, you know, you think it's good, prevents cavities. So you want to do it. Yes. But what don't you, but that this, so this tells me, but you haven't done it. You know, more or less, you do it sometimes, but you haven't done it. So this tells me there's something else that you want more than you want to floss their teeth. What is that? (laughs) Probably that it tends to be sometimes chaotic if both Mm -hmm. boys are doing things in the same space at the same time. So my husband and I tag team Mm -hmm. and he handles the one uh, boy doing shower and the whole thing. And I handle the other one doing shower and the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I'm the one between my husband and me, I'm the one that cares whether they mm-hmm. floss their teeth. So I could either floss one boy's teeth <laughs> mm-hmm. or I could, you know, it's sort of like the, we're trying okay, to keep them separated. So division. Okay. Yeah. So the, them not being together, mm-hmm. being, do you always put the same child to bed every night or do y'all yes. rotate who does Nine, which? 99% of the time we do the same. Okay. So, so is something that's going on is you don't only want to floss the, the, do, is it, is it two sons? A son and two, a sons. two sons. Two sons. Yeah. So you don't only want to floss one of your son's teeth every night and not the other, but you don't want to do one. This is a good point because it's yeah. like, they're not together. Right. So if you do one, now it's in your mind that you have to do the other, but you're not doing bedtime for the other. Yeah. Ah. And if I go into the room, then the other son goes into the other kid's room and is like, yeah. and then they start playing. And they start okay, playing. So it's a timing <laughs> issue. Yeah. So it's okay. probably maybe um, having them brush their teeth together before showers or something. And then that could happen. Flossing or is there another time, time of day? I probably, that- yeah. Cause mon- uh, mornings are usually like just trying to get them out, you know, to the bus yep. stop and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why I'm not sure because pairing it in the morning, there's actually like a, we need to get out the door. True. Whereas in the evening, okay. if it's a little flexibility and when they're actually getting into bed, I'm okay with it. Okay. So the resistance is it's, it's an, it doesn't fit in the normal routine that you have because y'all divide and conquer Yes, and you want to floss both of their teeth and you know, your husband's not going to do it. So there's no point in trying to make, you know, he's not going to remember. Then you're just trying to nag him and he ain't going to do it. Okay. Probably. That's a good, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's good actually. And that's, this is a great demonstration of sometimes when we have a boundary about something and our spouse doesn't, Mm -hmm. we just have to own it and make it happen because we can't make them care about something they don't care about. Mm -hmm. We can't make them see it our way. And then it ends up being just worse. Okay. So that's great. That's a great example because yeah. Um, so yeah, you could also, yes, before you divide and conquer, there could be something they do that you do together. Mm-hmm. That's a good option. Um, you could always, this, this doesn't feel as good, but you could always put yours to bed and then go, do they share a room? No. Okay. Then you could also go, but you probably don't want to go in their room and floss the other son's teeth when he's like in bed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it seems, I mean, what are some other, what are some things that, that you, th- you need them together though? That's clear. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that maybe um, the time where they would normally we're done with dinner and we've cleaned up and we're going up for showers, like mm-hmm. before that, maybe we just brush teeth before showers and do teeth and flossing before is, we split apart. Is there upstairs and a downstairs? Mm-hmm. Okay. So could you do, I'm just throwing this out here. So you know how sometimes it's like people put the when they're getting their little girls ready for hair, well, you don't have little girls, but in the morning they'll put the hair or I do this, even with my boys, I put the brush on the kitchen windowsill. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, so I, they're eating and I'm doing their hair. So it could be, they even do teeth and flossing in a downstairs bathroom. That's a good idea. Before you even tonight. (laughs) So it's like, it's like kitchen. Now we're going into the downstairs bathroom and then we go up and divide and conquer. And then we don't worry about teeth at all. That's one option. Yeah. No, I really, I actually, I like that. I'm going to try that because then it's kind of like a different location. Yes. And then it's like, you're introducing something new in a different location. So it's like kind of the novelty factor. Yes. That's a good, So yes. yeah. Okay. I'm going to try that out. So Rachel, you're obviously an excellent coach. <laughs> <laughs> so please tell Which everyone. This is my favorite thing to, to be nosy and solve other people's dilemmas. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So I want you to tell us, obviously you mentioned your book, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, mm-hmm. but 
if you could tell us like where everyone can connect with you, if they want to coach with you or learn more about you and what you teach, sure. uh, let us know. Sure. So I, my website is a mother far from home. Cause we, my husband, and I lived in Australia and that was when I started my website, but the podcast is the same name, a mother far from home. And I'm on YouTube and Instagram all on the same handles. Um, and there you'll find the different things that I offer. I have a lot of routine workshops for, you know, so I have a simple school routines, which is kind of getting your morning routines and after, you know, so we focus a lot on that. Um, so you can definitely hit me up over there, but, and, and I would encourage exactly like we, I did with you, Emily, when you're, when you're having an issue and then think, why, why, why isn't it not working? And then, okay, it's not working because we're separate. Okay. You know, and then keep nailing it down because if we, if you, what often moms do is then guilt themselves. I should do this. I'm irresponsible mm -hmm. or Christian moms, especially I'm not very self-disciplined. And I'm always like, forget about that because if we really want something, we do it. Or, or in your case, a competing want, this wasn't the case for you, but some moms, it's like, what do you want more than, mm -hmm. than flossing? And it might be for some moms, I want more that we're not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> You see what I mean? Like yeah, I'm totally. valuing us not fighting more than I care about flossing. Now, if you say it like that, then you think, no, but I want them to floss. And I don't, yeah. do you know what? Once you just can get it out, you can play with it a little and then make a choice that might align with your longer term values. Mm -hmm. But that's part of what I do. I'm a language of listening coach. And one of the things that we do that I feel is like a transformative thing is, is we make the mom right in the sense yeah. that we make her actions make sense even if she doesn't like them. So I'm not saying in a moral way, everything we do is right. Of course not. You know, or even like a mom will come to me and be like, I just screamed at my kids. I was like yelled and screamed at them. She obviously doesn't like it. Nobody thinks it's great to scream at your kids. Right. Mm -hmm. But when she told me the whole situation, I could easily, of course you lost your temper. Of course you got mad. You got to the end of your rope and then you lost it. Like kids actually understand that they yell and scream all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I said, you know, so am I saying I, I don't agree? I, I don't, none of us agree that it's good. But when instead of being like, I'm bad, I'm horrible, I shouldn't scream, I'm in a deep breathe. When I get mad, I'm going to go put my head in the fridge and or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Why does it make sense that you screamed? Yeah. Because then you can zoom back and be like, what was happening before then? At that point, this is when I'll make a change. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. No, that is incredibly helpful. And just being able to have it be concrete rather than just like in your brain oh, and yeah. floating around. So yeah, that really helps me too. And then being able, like you said, to kind of back it up and back it up. So mm -hmm. um, thank we you. We call so it intervening early. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like, I love that. Yeah. One mom was saying, actually gave me an example this week when she was like, you know, the kids, it's like they're getting loud and I say stop and then they don't listen until it gets up to my ceiling. And then I kind of lose it. And then they listen. And then I'm like, yeah. As soon as you hit your ceiling, they stopped. Yeah. The goal is to bring your ceiling down Yes. to where they stop before, you know, wild hyena party type of thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. It was really awesome talking yeah. to you. I really appreciate your insights. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact. But 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.